Welcome to the It's Going to Be Good podcast sponsored by Accrue. This is the place where Jill and I talk about how we are growing as individuals and how we're building a firm in a way that is healthy and sustainable. There's always more to learn and we want to share what we have learned and what we are still learning. And today, because it is in January, we want to talk about how there is always a choice, even in January. So... Mm Jill, you want to kick us off with why we want to focus on this in January? Yes. I, I know we've mentioned this before uh, in other episodes, but one of the things that we used to think and assume about January is that we needed to kind of prime ourselves for the chaos or or the like sprinting of January. And while I think that's real to an extent, the amount of uh, priming for the terribleness of it is the thing that I think makes it sustainable or unsustainable. And so what we used to do is, is prep our team and say like, oh, January is going to be really tough. It's going to be really hard, but we can do it and blah, blah, blah. And it just made our team anxious and it just made us anxious. And it just kind of, it set the tone for a tough January, even if January wasn't tough. And so what we quickly <laughs> realized, I'm very grateful, quickly realized was that it's, it, it's much less helpful than we assume. And, and what is more helpful is just making a better plan for January. And so the number one thing that I tell my team when they are feeling overwhelmed, no matter what time of year, but particularly in January, is that if you can pause and make a plan when you're feeling overwhelmed, it will instantly reduce that anxiety and it will give you clarity about how to move forward. And you, all you have to look at is the next step in front of you and then the one after that and then the one after that. And that m gives so much more peace of mind that it's manageable than the idea that like you just have to kind of gird your loins for the chaos of January. Um, so I, I think there are quite a few things that we've realized about busy season and making it reasonable. One of the things is just pacing it. So we we are looking at January differently this year than we did last year and same last year from the year before that. But one of the things this year that I am excited about is we're not, you know, bending over backwards to try to make it work to send December reports by the 15th and then year end reports by the 31st. And so we're, we're kind of slowing our roll. If you don't care, we don't need to care. We don't need to, you know, sprint all the way to doing something that you might actually not look at. So we've asked ourselves, what is actually meaningful to our clients? What would be impactful to them in January? And then how can we make that reasonable for our team? So kind of like reverse engineering, like what's the goal we're trying to accomplish? And then let's work backwards from that. So I, I think pacing is a, is a huge one, but what other things do you feel like we have done to make January more manageable for ourselves and for our team and also for our clients? Well, I think setting deadlines per role that give a reasonable amount of time for the next role that needs to do something mm -hmm. has been super helpful. Making sure that everyone has that plan that you were talking about, not just that as a company, we've created the plan, we've created the structure and the clarity and the deadlines, but that each individual person has blocked out their calendar, has mapped out what they need to do and when they need to do it. And they're communicating with us if there's a constraint on their capacity, if it doesn't seem manageable, if something is coming up that is pushing them to where it doesn't all fit, we want to make sure that we are aware of that and that everyone knows that they can raise the flag on those kinds of things. For this year, we also have a team member who is a little bit more flexible in their capacity and has offered to just kind of support where we need it. And so having mm -hmm. some, some additional backup, if we run into things where there's a couple of clients that, that did come at the end of the year and, and we know that they do, they're ones that have come yeah. back a few years, you know, it's if they're coming now, you know, any potential clients we're talking to now that want to sign up for regular services, we're saying we'll start in February. Mm -hmm. Um, but for clients, we already knew we're going to want that. We've reached out to them instead of waiting for them to reach out to us so that we could get that started sooner and fill in some of those gaps. But even for 
the the rest of the time in the team, you know, having a few team members that are not maxed out at capacity so mm -hmm. that they can help cover some of the gaps. Um, one other thing we did this year that I think is going to be incredibly helpful is we assigned one person to do all of the 1099s instead of mm -hmm. everyone to do a couple 1099s, you know, for everyone to do them for their own clients feels like extra for everyone versus mm -hmm. one person to do it a bunch of times will just feel like a task to them. Do the 1099s mm -hmm. and do it a bunch of times. Yeah. But if you only have, you know, two or three clients and you need to get in the headspace of 1099s and make sure we've got everything, it's a lot harder to do than for one person to just do that same thing a bunch of times. And so even mm -hmm. just thinking about what work is assigned to who is incredibly helpful. Now, it's already January. So if you've not done that, that'll be something to think about for next year. But I think even in the midst of January, if you have not mapped out what you need to do, when you're going to do it and ensure that that does actually work in a reasonable working days each day, that would be a good thing to do even in January, even right where you're at. Because what I've watched in other team members and what I am so guilty of myself, you start the mental checklist of all the things that you need to do and you're immediately overwhelmed because yeah. that's not where those should live. They should not live in your head because then every task feels the same amount of weight and you start mentally adding it all up and it feels like way more than you possibly could. When you yeah. map it out in time and you go, okay, here's the little tasks I'm going to do and when I'm going to do those, here's the bigger stuff I'm going to do and there's time you know, blocked for that. I've actually estimated how long things take and I can shift things around as things are ready or aren't ready. I can move the plan if I need to, but I have a plan. I feel immediately calmer. I feel like, okay, mm -hmm. this is actually manageable. I've mapped out how I can manage it or I know that I need help. Totally. I know I need help and I know exactly what I need help with and I can make a plan for that. Because that is the other thing is if, if it is an unreasonable amount of work to be done in a day, then you have to make a different plan. But if you have no plan to start with, you don't even know if it's too much or not. It's just the story you're telling yourself at that point. Now, right. it may or may not be true, but if the story is that it's too much, then you're going to respond, fight, flight, freeze. Like you're going to do one of those things because you panic. And the reality is, is that plan and that and that mapping is such a huge part of just bringing that relief, but also bringing the clarity of what is possible. And I think for for us, one of the things that I think about a lot with our team is the kind of work and, and what kind of capacity you have. Because hours and time is one very specific metric for capacity. And in theory, we all have all the hours in the week to work, but we can't. And we must sleep and we must eat and we must you know do things that actually make it so that that work is effective. Otherwise, it won't be. And so we talk a lot with our team about felt capacity and, and that kind of mental capacity too. And one of the things that a few of our team members who are kind of the, in that QA role, they, they do that review process, they make sure everything is correct, they pull those reports and make sure that everything is like really precise before it goes to the client. Those team members have really highlighted that that mental space that that kind of work takes up is really challenging to do for an extended period. And so they need a balance of that kind of work because it's not just time. It's not just yes. how many hours do you have available to work. It is what kind of work can you actually reasonably do in a day that will be done well by you. And if you can't do all of that well, that's where you start to have to make a different plan. And, and integrating some mindless work into your day is really helpful. If all you're doing is drafting highly nuanced emails constantly, you will it will reach a point of diminishing returns similar to that QA process or, or similar to the redundant repetitive tasks. Like your brain will stop paying attention in the same way at a certain point. And so being able to kind of balance out what kind of work you're doing and how mentally taxing it is, is a huge benefit to, to making that plan as well. Because you can kind of map that out. I, I have a couple of team members who will map out their time different in different colors, depending on the kind of work too. And so yeah, that'll kind of that. cue your brain. Yeah, yep. it's awesome because it'll cue your brain about what kind of 
thinking you're going to have to do. And if it's pretty low level thinking, you might do that toward the end of your day, because at that point, your your brain capacity is kind of maxed. So like, I love the idea of just conceptualizing the plan in a really precise way and thinking much more broadly about it than just time. It is time. It is mental capacity. It's also some physical capacity. So we are really, really encouraging our team to map their breaks out for January because everyone will have to take them. If you don't, your work will suffer. That will be clear and it won't be helpful for anybody. We want our team to take those breaks that help them be more effective. It's really hard to do when you feel like everything is urgent and important. And in January, it feels like everything is urgent and important because most things are. But if you can know when you've got a break, it just gives you that peace of mind that you will have some sort of, I don't know, like refresh in your day that makes the hours, the actual time sustainable. Yes. Well, because, you know, when we map out a plan and we map out, you know, what work we're going to do and when we're going to do it, we're managing time. But in thinking about the different kinds of work and how taxing it is or isn't, we're also managing energy. We're managing that mental load that it takes. And when we then move into talking about breaks, that's also contributing to managing energy. One of the things I've realized for myself is when I have an external facing like client meeting, like a good like 60 minute client meeting, I need to stop and take a quick break before I jump into doing something else. Because even when it's a client you love, which I don't meet with any clients I don't, (laughs) it's still you're on in a different way than if no one's looking at you and you're just typing (laughs) numbers in or (laughs) clicking on things or whatever. You know, I always have Zoom so that I can see myself so I know if I'm making a stupid face or I look weird or whatever, (laughs) you know, and and so then I'm trying to sit really still and not make stupid faces with my face and, (laughs) and be on and also be present for that client and be actively listening and engaged and all of that is mentally taxing, even when it's enjoyable, even if you're an extrovert and connecting with other people gives you energy. At the end of it, I still feel depleted. Yeah. Yeah. I need to just take a quick, even if it's like five minutes, go grab a Mm -hmm. cup of tea, you know, go to the bathroom. Maybe you (laughs) haven't done that for a minute, you know. January is the time where you start skipping stuff like that. (laughs) You don't notice it until it's too late and you're just like, oh, I'm not treating myself well enough. Yes. And I think that's one of the things we're really encouraging our team. It Mm -hmm. was, I think last November was the last month we had an all team meeting where we, we actually had our regular meeting because December we just had a Christmas party and it was fun. But in November (laughs) I was talking about in busy season, how are you still taking care of yourself? What are the habits, whether it's breaks, whether it's exercise, whether it's eating, you know, just things you do to take care of yourself. We got everyone like essential oil diffusers. I don't know, make your office smell great. Like Mm -hmm. those kinds of things that make work joyful and enjoyable because you're taking care of yourself. You're not murdering yourself to work. You're finding a way to work in a way that is still good for you, even in January, especially in January. Especially. Yeah, that's so real. And I I think one more thing in this that I think is important for taking care of yourself is asking what is absolutely essential in this month and what can move to a different month. So if you, you know, we've got a few clients who have regularly recurring meetings with us, must we have that meeting in January or would it be functional for that client for us to meet, you know, maybe twice in February, or maybe we do like a loom video and send that their way with kind of our recap. And then we meet again in February, just some of the, like, let's think outside the box about where our time, effort, and energy actually goes so that we can take care of ourselves. Because as soon as you get to the week where you're jam packed with client meetings and you haven't moved any of that, and you also have your weekly work and it's also January. So you're doing a lot of other things. It becomes increasingly more challenging to move things around and have it not be a reaction to the overwhelm. When, if you can plan in advance, knowing that it will be challenging, challenging, knowing that you will have less to give your clients, thinking about like what you can do to adjust that is going to be really helpful. So I I really love the way that our team has kind of 
critically thought about what can shift, like what can we do in December and what can we do in February that we don't have to do in January. And I, I really love that like out of the box thinking that we're doing about January. I think it's well, really helpful. And the team members that also have client facing meetings, I really like their balance between we promise to meet with them in our services. Mm-hmm. So we need to not just not do what we said we would. And so to yeah, have a team that's <laughs> thinking about it in that way, but could we offer something else? Could we meet with them the first week of February instead? Could the February meeting be longer and we mm. send you know a quick update in another way in January? It's still collaborative while keeping in mind that we want to do what we said we would do. And we want to be kind to ourselves and ask mm-hmm. whether we need to do it in precisely this way because the client really cares and values it. There are some clients we'll probably still meet with in January because it matters to them. There's yeah. planning they want to do. Like they want to connect in that way. And there's other clients that don't care or are <laughs> fine with that flex and like it's not a negative impact to them. And so yeah. even just asking yourself and asking that client, hey, here's a couple of things we could offer then they're deciding this really matters and we're keeping this on purpose or Mm -hmm. I can flex and they've agreed to it too. So everyone got a choice in this. Everyone is doing the thing on purpose and we're not just doing it because this is how we have always done this thing. So it actually brings me to one other thing in making this sustainable is there's a lot of clients that just for the size firm that we currently are that all still do just a quick pass at your end. You know, I don't necessarily touch the books on most clients most of the time, but it's your end and they're getting stuff. And so maybe just, hey, are we asking all the questions that we could, you know, just a good double check from me. And one of our team members was like, hey, um, does that have to be? After we're done with everything, because I'm looking at the list of these and imagining when that would all happen all at the same time and going, Mm -hmm. could you just look at it whenever and like just make sure we've got the questions or ask any others of us that, you know, and if we have any questions, we'll ask you. And it was just this perfect balance of you know we've got this right and also we want your support and also how could you support in a way that's sustainable for you because i'm not responsible for you and your workload but i can see what you've agreed to and i'm concerned you might actually have agreed to more than is reasonable if you do it in that particular way and so i love that we have team members that are thinking about this even more broadly than just for themselves. They're thinking about how what they do impacts the other people they work with and how it can be sustainable for everyone. And it was such good input because I went, oh, duh. Yeah. (laughs) That's like a way better plan. And oh my gosh, I just mapped out January and it looks fine. Like, it looks that reasonable, manageable, so yeah. crazy. That is so weird to think about. But it 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 is such a testament though to the well, one, the creativity and the the strategic problem solving that our team is capable of. And the consideration is lovely. I think that thoughtfulness is really like not something that is an expectation, but when it comes your way is just so lovely. And and I'm so grateful for that kind of thinking within our team. But it's also just so reassuring to know that we're all kind of aiming in the same direction and that we're all watching out for ourselves and each other, but not in a not in an unboundaried way, not in a way that is like I'm taking personal responsibility for someone else's workload, but in a way that is asking the question so that we can arrive at the right place at the end and the right place for everyone. And and this team member in particular, I think she would feel stressed if if she was waiting on a second review after hers was done and it looked like it wasn't gonna be possible it would be really stressful and so she's even planning ahead for herself and you thinking Mm -hmm. i want to make sure that our clients have what they need that i've got your input but also i've got it so must that happen in that order is like such a great question i just love the wonder that just ended at 
Well, of course not. <laughs> of course it's not necessary. <laughs> and she was so kind about it. She's like, I'm sure you would have got there. I was like, I don't know that I would have. Uh-uh. <laughs> so keep keep bringing that to the table because, yeah. you know, I think for all of us, you know, for, for us included, you, you – even with a firm that's that's incredibly collaborative and and we are Innovative. constantly yeah. asking ourselves those questions there you can't ask the question about everything all the time there's always mm-hmm. going to be areas that you're like well yeah i mean but that's how we do it mm-hmm. and so just encouraging and reinforcing that it is always okay to ask why we do it that way mm-hmm. and there might be a good reason for it and if there's not we should think about whether we have to do it that way and I, I loved getting that question because it was it was also just sent in such a, such a respectful way and such an empathetic way. It was like a I'm stressed just looking at that and I don't have to do it. So if that was yeah. on my plate, I would be really stressed. So yeah. I'm thinking about you might want to look at that. <laughs> <laughs> and I I actually love this. For like all of that care and that like interpersonal dynamic, it's, it's it's such a lovely working relationship that you two have. But also, it's a better process because so much we'll ask oh my <laughs> we'll ask those questions earlier than yes. the end of the month. Yes, <laughs> of like couldn't we have asked that like way sooner? <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. it's just like such a better suggestion, and it I it I genuinely don't think I would have come up with that solution. So it is just the best kind of like, but must we? And I think that's what this really, this whole episode is really about, like, what must we do and what can we do to make the musts functional, to make them sustainable, to make it so that no one wants to flip the table or cry in a bathtub at the end of January, because that's not the goal. The goal is that we accomplished as much as we could, that we asked for everything we needed, and that our clients have exactly what they need or that they know what we need to get them what they need. That's it. That's the, that is the idea of January and and that we've, you know, checked all the compliance boxes for 1099s and that they have stuff ready to go for taxes. All of that is the felt value of a client. And so when you think really critically about when in the year they most care about these things, it's right now. So right. how can we do that in a way that both takes care of our team and takes care of what our clients care about most? And I think this is it's I'm so excited about this and I'm so excited that this won't be the best year. Every year we will improve it. And I, I just really love that we think about things just differently as we experience them. But so there is always extra in January. What do we do to plan for that? What do you do to plan for that? This is the first year that I have planned for it. <laughs> Sounds mm. so dumb. Weird. But that's so weird to think about. I know that there is more in January. This is the first year that I've actually blocked time on my calendar for the stuff. Like just <laughs> a bucket of time for uh, I think we call we call it a uh, whirlwind time or like troubleshooting time or just time for the extra blocking time for messages specifically. And also we've been talking about this a lot with team members, the difference between responding to messages and doing a task. Message time should not be doing tasks. If there is a task that needs to be done, that should happen at the end of message time as you move into task time. So sometimes it's going to be something like, yeah, absolutely. I'll take care of that. And then you create a task to take care of that in this bucket of time you've planned for the extra stuff versus when you are going through messages and that message prompts you to do the thing. And you're like, well, I could just do that thing really quick and then respond. And then I'd be done with it. Your message time takes forever because you just (laughs) compound that by a bunch of little things. And then you get to the end of the day and you're like, all I did was check messages. Well, no, you check messages and did like a ton of random tasks, but also you allowed someone else to dictate how your day was prioritized. Yes. All of the work that you did was in response instead of on purpose. Yeah. And so the other thing that's separating the idea of checking messages from doing tasks, even when messages prompt tasks, is 
you've decided when you're going to do these tasks because it's that same question. Must we? Must we do it right now? Yeah, it would be easy to do it right now, but we might have other things that we plan to do today that are important but not urgent. And we've taken someone else's urgent, maybe not even important, and we've shoved that up in priority above what we plan to do, which is why not only the plan is important, but also having a structured way to go. This is the space where I'm going to do random stuff that comes up. And I have many slots throughout the week for that. And then I have a simple system of keeping track of that, which I've, I've started just using uh, Google tasks for it, because I love that you can create a task in the email that will link that email to the task. Mm-hmm. So you won't lose the email. Like it's yeah. right there. You can stop using your inbox as a task list and you can start <laughs> using a task list as a task list and you can respond to messages in your message time. So I think that one has been in particular a, a huge shift for me. Is there anything you're doing to plan for the extra? I mean, I know there's going to be some on your side. Yeah. I mean, well, for me, my biggest focus is supporting our account managers and being able to communicate effectively with our clients and with our CPA partners. And so I will just block so much more time for messages in January than any other month, because I know there will be more. I know that we're going to get, you know, a client reaching out going, where are my reports in, you know, on December 10th. And the reality is we've never sent reports before the 15th. And we've already sent an email telling you these are coming the 31st. So they're in progress. like, And just that like kind, gentle reminder, because we are all on the same page. And what we experience in January is, is not unique to us. I think a lot of companies feel rushed in January, depending on your industry and depending on your kind of yearly flow. But a lot of clients will start to panic early. And our job is not to react to that panic. Our job is to give them the peace of mind about what they can expect by when. So like my biggest priority is just supporting and being able to kind of relieve that pressure for the clients. And so I'm focused much more on that external communication, but that whirlwind time I have integrated in the last few months. And it was actually a suggestion from Andrew Hartman, who he has a program called Time Boss. And it's been such a good way of conceptualizing the overflow that happens in a week. And I am I'm, I've really been able to use that in the last couple months in particular as a way of really conceptualizing where things can go in a week. Or I will look at my week and go, "Uh oh, I've already filled my whirlwind entirely. And it's Monday. (laughs) Like that, that will be a really good indicator to me that it's not enough, that I've got too much on my plate. And then I can stop, I can make a different plan and I can say what can shift. And so whatever is urgent, but not important, whatever is you know, important, but not urgent. They can shift around. But until I can see that whirlwind filled up on my calendar, that that space being there is such a huge relief. Just knowing that like, I will have time to do the random one-off things that are inevitable at work. So whirlwind and just a huge chunk for messages and twice a day messages is going to be at least twice a day. Yeah. I was going to say for you, it might even be more than twice a day. I think for me, twice a day to support the team, but I feel like for you Mm -hmm. in, in that, like needing to respond to messages and making sure those are going out in our kind of response times, I wouldn't be surprised if, if three times a day is what's needed in January. That's such a good idea about the time in world. I think I've, I'm almost where you are, but I'm still catching up. I, I just realized as you were saying like that you filled up your whirlwind time. I was like, oh shoot, actually I need to go one step further and actually put times on the test so that I can see mm-hmm. when the whirlwind time is filled up. So you know what? Learn something. It's, it's a work in progress. <laughs> like we're going to get there. But but I think having that plan, having that structure, being able to see mm. what you've already said yes to makes it so clear that when a client needs something right now, when a team member needs something right now, when something comes, you know, is, is pushed up to you that is right now, you know, that is super important that someone's like, hey, this is what we have to do you can see whether or not you can help and and ask some clarifying questions of like, you know, using some discernment of whether or not this is actually as urgent as the perceived urgency while still 
being kind and thoughtful that that is felt urgency to the person expressing it. And so there's a balance there between yes. if someone is asking for something right now, they're feeling the urgency. They're feeling the stress of it. They're feeling they're feeling the stress of it. They're feeling like I need this thing right now and and it's usually an emotional outreach for that kind yes. of like urgency. And that's real, even if the thing itself isn't actually urgent. And so mm -hmm. being able to communicate in both respects, like I want to be respectful that you feel this is incredibly important. And I don't want to be patronizing about that. No, I don't no. want to be like, oh, that's cute. You think that's urgent. It's not even close to being urgent. Or, or it's not problem. urgent to me. Yes, exactly. Like, oh, I you don't even know what's on my plate. They shouldn't. <laughs> no, that's making my problem their problem. This yes. is their problem. And they're asking me to care about their thing because they've engaged us to be a partner who should care about their thing. Mm -hmm. And if we're not leaving any space to care about anyone else's thing, then we're not planning well because we need yeah. to leave space not only for ourselves, but also for others. But yes. that doesn't mean saying yes right now. Mm -mm. It means leaving space to care about their thing and then being clear about what we can do and when we can do it. Yes. And sometimes it's going to be absolutely we can help with that. We will get that to you by the end of this week, you mm -hmm. know, and it's like Monday that you're asking. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't work for you, let us know. And we won't always offer that, but sometimes we will. You know, we're going to look at that client as an individual. We're going to look at that situation as an individual situation and evaluate, should this shift any of our existing priorities? Because that's our choice. And do we need to set a kind boundary to say, we can't do that today. We can do that this week. When we do those kinds of things, we want to focus on the can do. And I see a lot of emails that put people off, you know, that, that wrinkle them, that, that upset them because all they do is focus on what they can't do for you, you know, yes. and maybe it's a, like a, but we'll get to it. And it's like, you could take that entire email and just shift the tone of it and say the exact same thing of like, we will ensure it's handled, but focus on that instead of all the ways in which you can't do it. And, mm -hmm. and the life story of why you can't do it. Please <laughs> yeah. don't tell me your whole entire schedule of why you can't help me. That's mm -hmm. not actually helpful for me if I'm looking for your help. Yeah. Well, and I think slowing down to to even evaluate, like, what are they looking for from me? Because if what they're looking for me is what they're asking for, then maybe it is urgent. Like there are there are very few, but there are some circumstances where that urgency is very real. And so we have to jump. We have to do that. We have to address it really quickly. But most of the time we can pause and we can ask, what is the urgency level here? from our vantage point it is obviously felt urgent to them but like what is the real consequence of any delay to this if there is no real consequence and it's predominantly felt consequence then we can make a decision about when that is possible within the context of what we've got on our plate without making our problem the client's problem without sharing all of the things on our plate it does not matter to them what is our responsibility we said yes to that stuff they didn't Week. Right. And so it's not their responsibility to adjust their expectations of us based on what we can and can't do, based on what we said yes to. It is our job to guide them to what we can do by when. And I think this this comes back to an idea that we talk about a lot. The client is absolutely the hero of the story. They are not always right. And as the guide, focusing on what we can do is such a kind way of saying, yeah, for sure we will absolutely handle that. We can, we can give you the peace of mind that you're actually looking for, and we will give you the actual thing you're looking for. But here's the timeline that that's reasonable within. Just because you want it sooner doesn't mean it must be done sooner. So how can I do that in a way that keeps us on the same team, keeps us on the same side of the table? Because what are we trying to accomplish in January? We're trying to accomplish them getting what they need, to file taxes, to do what they need to do to be compliant, and to get their business ready to go for the next year. So if that's our goal, how can we partner with our clients is the question, and how can we guide them to what is reasonable, as opposed to expecting them to already know what's reasonable?
They don't, and they shouldn't. They are not accountants. That's why they hired us. <laughs> they have their own things going on. They just came off of the holidays as well. There's so many layers to this. So I think that like compassion and empathy piece is a really big one for just kind of thinking about what is someone actually looking for from me? Do they really need me to jump? Or can I help them feel that relief without me needing to jump in reaction to this request? So I, I really love the way that we kind of reframe requests from clients specifically in January around what must happen. Yes. And, and I love that idea of the client is always the hero, but the hero is not always right. Because mm -hmm. I think we tend to fall into one of two camps, which is either, you know, the customer is always right, or sometimes accountants sound like the client is always wrong, you know, that <laughs> kind of mm. tends to be, you know, or our clients are so dumb or like, you know, good thing they have us, like, otherwise they would not be able to, you know, walk and chew gum or so, you know, it tends <laughs> to be this very binary, like either they're always right and we need to jump for them and become a doormat for whatever they need, or they're always wrong. And they're just lucky to have us to show them how <laughs> wrong they are. Oof. And it's like, how about neither of those? How about yeah. sometimes they're right. And sometimes they're not right. And let's treat them as human beings that we like working with and, and guide them to what does work for us in a way that hopefully also works for them. But I think in January, we should also hold the idea, but hold it loosely that we're asking that question of whether we're a good fit for one another. Mm -hmm. If there are clients that everything is always an emergency all the time, and that is not how you do or want to operate, there may come a time where you go, you know, this may not be the right fit. Don't make that decision in January. <laughs> you're it likely might be an emotional not one. <laughs> in the right headspace to make that. But I do think, you know, as we get through January and start reflecting on it and thinking about how we can make things better, you know, next year than they were this year, thinking about are there clients that it was an extra challenge to work with because our expectations and theirs were not aligned. We did mm. our best to create the expectations and reinforce them. And we did it as kindly as possible, but they always wanted more and they were always pushing the boundary and they weren't actually respecting when we said what we can't do, even though we were focused on what we can do. And then also thinking about who are the clients that were delightful to work with in January? Mm -hmm. Who were the ones that made it so easy that were just appreciative and were getting us what we needed? And also, you know, they were like not expecting something unreasonable, but they were, you know, they were with us in it. You know, they were like, what yeah, do you and need? Engaged. And here's what I need. Yeah. And yeah, and actively engage. And how do we get more of those clients in the coming mm -hmm. year so that yeah. next January, it's not just that we have a better plan, although I hope we do. It's not just that we have better ways of taking care of ourselves, although I hope we do. But it's also that we have the right fit clients that make January not feel like so much extra because everyone knows what to expect, is on board with it, you know, is in alignment with the way that we work in our values. And it's just going to yeah. be cool. <laughs> They're just yeah, going to be cool totally. to work with, cool with us, cool with our team. And, and we're just continuing to ask that question, but don't fire anyone in January. No, it's, it's, it will be a rash decision. You might not regret it, but it will be a rash decision. Just pause, <laughs> think about it in February, see what you want to do. Yeah. I think the flip side of that too, is we have had some cues from some clients that they're not the right fit on the other side where they are completely disengaged from the process. We are not getting what we need. We are, our team has a ton of personal responsibility. They do such a good job of holding themselves responsible for, for their part. But I think one of the things that they struggle with is if we have a disengaged client, it feels like we didn't do enough because it didn't happen. But if the client is disengaged and they're not doing their part, we cannot be responsible for things not getting finished. This is a give and take of information. And if information doesn't flow, then we can't do our part effectively. We can do whatever we can. And then we need to just send it to them and say, hey, this is all we could do with the information we have. So I think last year we, we had a client who had just not spoken to us for several months. And the reality was that we weren't going to be able to wrap up their year. And so 
that needs to be something that's said. And they, you know, they never responded to those messages. <laughs> so like it was very clearly some stuff happening on their end. But rather than assuming the responsibility of doing all the things to make all the reports correct, we can only do our part. And I think I think too there are certain clients who don't care about the reports and that may or may not fit with your company they have to care about the reports for taxes <laughs> to some extent but i think being clear about how it affects them is a huge part of how we've been more effective in getting responses from clients if we're just asking for a year-end statement from an account and they have no it does not appear that there is an impact to them in sending it or not sending it. They will mm -hmm. categorize it as unimportant. Whereas if we can actually explain to them how it makes a difference for how much they're paying in taxes, then that might matter to them come April, then it will be a completely different priority level for them. So even being able to articulate the why behind our requests is such an important piece of being able to guide clients to success and to the correct level of care about what we're doing here, you know? Yes. Here's why this matters. And I think the templates we've created for our account managers of these specifically are the things that we need to close your books for the year so they're ready for taxes. It's like, what are the words that will land to a business owner, <laughs> non-accountant? Like, this is what we need to give you what you need so that you can do your taxes. So this is why it matters. And I think we don't always do a very good job of connecting the dot between what we're asking for and why it matters. Why, why should, it should they matter to them? Yes. Yeah. Why it why it, matters it is important <laughs> for them to send it to us because they yes. will have an impact if they do or don't. If we don't get a year-end loan statement, you may not be writing off that interest expense. You know, if we don't get some of the other kinds of things, if we don't get some questions answered about, you know, what is a personal expense versus a business expense, that's going to have an impact on your taxes too. And so we want to balance being super clear about what we're asking for and why it matters that we own, that it is our responsibility to follow up on it. That's the other thing I've seen a lot of accountants do in a lot of places. And I understand it when you are busy, just, I, I asked them for it. So I moved on. It's on them now. Totally understandable <laughs> response. It's just not being the guide. So it's mm -hmm. not how we work. A, a client probably saw it and skimmed it and meant to do it later and didn't have a chance to circle back yet. And so it is our responsibility to follow up on those things, to go, hey, want to circle back? We need these things. This is why it matters. You know, and then at the end of it, it we, we yes. let them know what to expect before we even get into your end. Here's what we're going to do. Here's our part of it. Here's your part of it. All the messages we're sending to ask for things are super clear about what they are and why they matter. And then we are going to send you draft reports by January 31st, whether or not you have done your part to get us what we need. If you have, we're going to send you finalized reports and we can all thumbs up, you know, like clinking glass emoji, all <laughs> party hats, like we can call it a day. And that's awesome. If not, we're going to send you draft reports and we're going to let you know these are the things that we are missing to finalize those reports. Like just super, super clear. We have done everything we could and here is our holdup. And then at the end of February, if we have not heard back and we have followed up all through February as well, we're going to tell you, you know what we need and we're going to stop following up on this. Yeah. And I think that for us this year may be the thing we look back on and go, who did we still have draft reports for in February? Because in two months, we could not get the information we needed to finalize. And let's ask the question about whether they're engaged enough for this to be a good fit. Because if they're not, it's not just, oh, I don't like working with them or, oh, they're not getting us what we need. And that makes me uncomfortable. It's <laughs> we're not properly exchanging value. If we mm -hmm. have not been able to fully complete what we needed because we didn't make it clear you weren't actively engaged, whatever the case was, if we didn't get to the end 
together on the same side of the table, for whatever reason, this may just not be the right fit to where you're receiving the appropriate value from the services we're providing. And so it's not Mm -hmm. a like, screw you, get lost. You know, it's more of a like, maybe the way that we work and what you need just isn't in alignment. And there would be another firm that We'll pick up the phone and call you when you don't send it, you know, or we'll text you or we'll do things that we just don't do. And that's what you need. And that's just not how we work. And so it's not the best. A value. It's not a value judgment either. I think the, I, I love the way that we evaluate that because this is not a value judgment on that person. If you need a different level of engagement from your accountant that we don't offer, that is just information and it's just misalignment. And we don't need to have feelings about that not being a fit. We've had many clients that we've really thought you might just need someone who can come to you literally physically in your office, or you might just need someone who will pick up the phone and that just doesn't align with our services. So in those cases, you're going to be best served by a different accountant. And that doesn't need to be like a, a, a value judgment on them or, or even like a, a character indictment on their inability to get you information or like, there's no, there's no issue there. It's just a misalignment about how you both work and what they need and what you offer are just not the same thing. And I think that is a really great place to end at because that client is much more likely to be well-served next year. If you can make that call and have the conversation and they can find a good fit, especially if we can refer them to someone who actually does that kind of engagement. Like it's such a great way to serve your clients and to do right by them. So I I love that we think about that really critically, but I also really like that it's clear when clients are a good fit. If you are getting us the stuff, or even if you we had a client recently that we had some team members who were raising the flag on some unresponsiveness around the holidays. That's very reasonable. And in December, this industry is very slow. And so it's, it's very reasonable to assume that this person will care in January and February about their stuff, but that's not necessarily something that the team knows or is intuitive. And so asking the question of like, is this going to be a problem in January in December was super helpful because the answer is, I don't think so. I think he operates this way. This is what I've observed over the last several years. And this is typically what happens as a result. He'll re-engage in January when things are, you know, more steady for him. And so that's what this is going to most likely look like. So we're unconcerned at this stage. So continue doing your part. Maybe we won't pester him through the holidays. Maybe we'll pause till like a couple days before the end of the month and then we'll, you know, pick, pick back up. But I think that kindness and generosity of spirit and just kind of, what are we looking at here? Like, is this a reasonable pause because it's the holidays and the end of the year and things just look like this or, or are we really not partnering? I think that question is, is such a good one that we ask, but I, I love that we, have those boundaries around the time because it is only our responsibility to do our part. And so by the end of February, if you haven't done yours, then we will not hold ourselves to the standard that success equals I got everything. That is so clearly on you at this point. So like, here's your list. You've got it. You've got all the reminders. And now it's on you. And we are happy to update reports. It, like, let's say we've got a client who sends us stuff in you know, April 6th. We're happy to update things as soon as we're able to. But we're also not going to take the responsibility of doing that on ourselves because really we have done our part and now it's up to you to do yours. So I love that like differentiation of responsibility and and ownership in, in our process because it makes it a lot easier to approach these conversations neutrally. Hey. Here are your draft reports. Let us know when you got the rest of this list. <laughs> it's such yeah, a, it can be so like, it. yeah, it can be so like positive and supportive, even though like we're not doing the thing when we wanted to, that doesn't mean that this isn't working. It just means that this is where we're at and you've got clarity and we're going to keep moving forward. I, I just, I really love the boundary around our part, your part in this year end process. Yes. I think if I could sum up what we are looking at in January for keeping in mind that there is always a choice, I think 
everything we have said yes to that we are now doing in January was a choice. So also just keeping in mind, anything you have to do that that is on your plate to do in January is something that was previously said yes to or something you were actively saying yes to in this moment. So there is mm -hmm. a choice there. Please also choose no sometimes. There's going to be times <laughs> where you're going to want to do that. Making sure that you're creating a plan, not just for your company, but also for yourself. How can you pace out January so that it is reasonable? Or your busy season, whatever your busy season is. If you guys also do taxes, how can you pace out January through April? And then also pace out, you know, August through October, uh, whatever that busy <laughs> season looks like. But for, you know, accounting consulting firms that tends to all kind of shove into January making sure that the expectations are clear internally for your team of who does what and when so that everyone has enough time to do their part of it without anyone having to jump or rush, making sure that you're encouraging your team and encouraging yourself to take breaks and plan to take breaks. I think when we skip those kinds of things that we need to do to take care of ourselves, we do worse work and we will resent it versus taking care of ourselves and doing the work that we have agreed to in a way that is sustainable means we can sustain and January is sustainable and manageable, which is what we want to be aiming at. I think planning time for extra stuff. We know extra questions will happen in January where clients are like, oh, now I'm paying attention to how this impacts taxes. Not just how this impacts like my monthly reports I'm going to look at this month, but how does this impact how much taxes I'm going to pay? You're going to get more questions. You're going to get more things from clients. Planning time for that. Separating message time from task time and being able to see where those go and separate them mentally is such a huge shift. And balancing when clients or team members need something right now, is it really right now? And what can you do? What can't you do? Focus on what you can do, but be clear. Uh, this is something for me in particular is I want to be supportive of the team. When people need something, I want to help them. And I want to help them right now because that might be something that's contingent on them moving forward, you know, with this particular thing. Everyone on our team has other work they can be doing. And so me murdering myself to jump for everyone else's needs is not actually helpful for anyone, most importantly for me, because then I won't be able to help anyone else if I burn out and want to flip the table. So being clear on what you can do and when you can do it so everyone knows what to expect. And just keeping that balance between our part and your part with clients. It is a partnership. We are not they're servants. We are not running their business for them. We are partnering together. And that means both people showing up, but all we have control of is how we show up. So we want to show up by being clear and being kind, letting them know what to expect, letting them know what we're going to do, letting them know what we need, and then giving them what we can when we said we would, because that's how we work, man. That's how we want to show up as, as bosses, as guides. Thanks for joining us. We hope you'll keep tuning in as we share how we are building a firm worth building. It's going to be good. <laughs>